0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Let's open our Bibles tonight. How about that? You got a Bible or a device? Let's open them to Mark chapter 11 again. You say, are you ever going to get off of this? Well, you know, I actually tried to go a different direction today, and that didn't work out so good. So here I am. You know, I guess we're going to do it till you get it. It's not my fault, see. <laughs> oh, no, we just want to do what the Holy Ghost wants to do, right? We want to learn what we can learn, what he wants us to learn. And uh, so here we are. So let's pray together. I just want you to bow your heads with me and uh, let's pray. Before we do that, though. I just want to mention everyone that's watching online, we're so thankful you can be with us this evening. Praise God. Hope you got a Bible in some place where it's quiet, where you can just really focus and get into the Word with us tonight. Praise God. The entrance of His Word gives light. It gives the illumination, and we need it desperately in these last days. So praise God. All right, let's pray together. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for the blessing of God. We thank you for the testimony of Jesus that we carry within us. We thank you for His soon coming. And his return glory to god and we thank you father god that our hope and our trust is found within him and that he is the one that purchased us with his own blood redeeming us father god from the curse of the law being made a curse for us we thank you tonight father god that because of jesus that we have life and life more abundant that we have freedom that we have liberty the father we no longer have to be afraid hallelujah and that his peace abides within us. So we just thank you, Father, for your goodness toward us. Thank you for helping us to walk in the light of your word, to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And we thank you, Father, that as we practice, as we exercise our privileges and rights in Christ Jesus, that, Father God, your blessing, your plan, and your purpose will be fulfilled in each and every one of our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Our text, Mark chapter 11, verse 12, in the morning or on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if perhaps he might find anything thereon. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for or because the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and the disciples heard it. Drop down to verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remember and said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed, be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. You know, I'm glad to know tonight, praise God, that as a child of God, that we can forgive those who trespass against us. I said, we can forgive those who trespass against us. You know, before I was saved, I didn't have that capacity. I mean, well, maybe I should say it this way, uh, I didn't have the help. You know We can forgive. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's not a feeling, and, um, and yet when Jesus went to the cross and died, he said that he was going to send another comforter, one of the same sort, who would dwell within us and dwell with us forever, the Holy Ghost. So he's the one who empowers us to be able to fulfill or to carry out God's will and his desire in our lives. So that's why we're without excuse when it comes to this matter of not forgiving you know, you, you, you don't have a leg to stand on. You know, it may be that uh, whatever's happened to you could be very uh, painful, uh, uh, very, very wrong, whatever, however you want to describe it. But yet, right on the other hand, Jesus requires us. That's what love does. Love forgives. The God kind of love forgives. And that love has been shed abroad within our heart by the Holy Ghost. So the capacity to forgive for the child of God exists and it just simply becomes a matter of choice, decision, or call it call it what you will, an act of your will. You know, you know you may not feel like it. Most of the time whenever you do you're forgiven, <laughs> you don't feel like it. Yeah. Huh? But thank God we can. And it's important because if you don't, your faith won't work. You know, notice the context here. I mean, he's talking about the subject of faith, but couched within all of that is this matter, and when you stand praying, forgive. And so it does become extremely important. And that's one of the weapons of the enemy. That's uh, one of the devices that the devil uses to, you know, short-circuit or shut off the blessing of God in a person's life. So we really do have something to do with some of these matters, don't we? I said, don't we? Yeah, we really do. But thank God if we'll walk in the light as he's in the light, then glory to God, we can have fellowship with him, praise God, and he'll take care of all the rest. And that's what I really like about it, you know. Aren't you glad tonight that Jesus will take up for you? Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that, you know, um, uh, that a thousand shall fall, you know, beside you, ten thousand by your right hand, but they, it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. I like that. Amen. Praise God, says, the Bible says that the enemy will come at you one way and flee before you seven. Hallelujah. And that's because of Jesus. But we do have to behave ourselves wisely. So we can't walk in the ways of the world. We have to walk by faith. So he said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And then he went on to explain what that's all about. So during our midweeks, we've been, we've had, I've had the privilege. Really, it's been a great privilege of mine to be able to uh, talk with you about understanding the nature of faith, because there's so much that's misunderstood about it. A lot of things that people think is faith isn't really faith at all. But there is a biblical God kind of faith, as is described in these verses. We talk quite a bit about that in the context that. You know, the fact of the matter is is that what we say from our mouth and believe in our heart is what we're going to have. And that's the function functionality of faith. We discuss the fact that there's three main components that are essential to exercising biblical faith. First, you've got to have knowledge. In other words, if you don't know what the will of the Lord is, how can you have faith towards God for whatever it is that you have need of? Now, you know, unfortunately, in some uh, preferences, uh, religious preferences, you know, they've made statements like, well, you know, God is sovereign, God is mysterious, God is, you know, however he may describe it. And, and then they, they say, well, and because of that, you never know or can know the will of God. Well, God is sovereign, and there is a mystery to him. You'll never get him figured out. But yet, right on the other hand, the Bible does say that the things that are revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever, and the Bible also says that we're not to be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So the will of God can be known. All right? So it, so it, it, it debunks this whole idea that, you know, you just, you can't know. Maybe it wasn't this, maybe it wasn't that. Well, there, that's not true. There's certainly Scripture, which is the will of God, that can be known to us. And we can walk in the light of that and enjoy the blessing of it. Are you with me? So we have to have knowledge. And then we also have to agree, you know. Um, Thomas was told that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, you know. First the girls told, you know, and then the disciples said, we've seen him. And he said, I don't care what it is that you say. Unless I see him, I'm not going to believe. In other words, he would not agree to the idea or the fact that Jesus had been resurrected, even though he told them that he was going to be raised from the dead. And that's what he rebuked him with. He said, look at my hands and look at my side, and be not faithless, but believing. He said, you know, you, you believe because you've seen, but blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. Hallelujah. We're in that group. So everybody say, I'm blessed. Yeah, why? Because we believe. Glory to God. But so there has to be a mental agreement or we call it mental assent to the knowledge that we gain or derive from the Bible. Hallelujah. So that's the other thing. And then we talked about action. And uh, that's what we're going to kind of land on here uh, this evening uh, in talking about this most important subject where our lives are concerned. How many of you know there has to be action? You know, if, if, if you don't act... Uh, unfortunately, none, it doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. It does not mean that you don't love him. But there has to be corresponding action to what it is we have come to know, understand, believe, and receive. We got to do something. Are you with me? And here's the thing about it, you guys: it doesn't matter who it is, your life can be changed through faith. Mine was, I can, I can I, I, you know, it wouldn't take long for us to go around here, and every one of us could testify to the fact that faith in God has changed our life. It's changed our world. It certainly has changed my wife and I's world in a dynamic kind of way. Hallelujah. And thank God for that. And the truth of the matter is is that anyone can have their life changed through faith. Anyone. All over in the New Testament, Jesus made the statement, whosoever, whosoever, whosoever. Here these sayings of mine, does them, I liken him to a wise man to build his house on a rock. So it's all over in the scriptures. And and the reason that I emphasize that is because a lot of times in people's mind, you know, because of certain circumstance, situation, status, experience, um, current uh, whatever that's going on within their lives, they are lied to and said, Well, that happens for them, but not you. Yeah, that worked for them, but it won't be you. And what you've got to get past is praise God, whosoever, well, say it this way, everyone means I'm the one. You know, there's, I mean, you know, the door is wide open for anyone. So what you have to do is you have to, you have to eliminate all the lies that keep you from walking through it. Are you with me? I can't, you know, or whatever, uh, you know, might be looming large within your life because you can. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you with me? And that becomes really, really imperative and important. You know, I was thinking about it, but I, I realized, you know, that, that faith in God is not for the faint hearted. Huh? To have faith in God is not for the faint hearted. You know, when Jesus was talking about the word being a seed and he talked about the different types of soil where the seed is sown and he made reference to the simple fact that, you know, many are like the seed that gets sown in, uh, uh, I think, among thorns who receive the word of God with gladness. They're all stoked up about the Bible. Hey, I found this new way of living. Jesus, he's great. I love him. Yeah, hallelujah. But the Bible says they endure for a time. But when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble and they fall away. So what does that mean? That just simply means that your faith is going to go on trial. It's going to be tested. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But, you know, again, so it's not for the faint-hearted. To be a believer, to be a child of God, to be a, a follower or a disciple of Jesus requires courage. It requires confidence in Him. It requires for each and every one of us a belief that what God has promised, He's able also to perform. In other words, it requires conviction. They had no root in themselves so they endured for a time but then when affliction or persecution arose for the word's sake immediately they stumbled or they were offended and they fell away so in other words you know when it talks about the fact of not having any root in themselves no inward conviction Uh, Case in point, when my wife gave her heart to the Lord, uh, she was talking with the counselors, and they said, well, because he's not a believer, it would be really good for you to get out of that relationship. So now she's faced with a decision. Now, let me ask you, you know, here we are. We've had this relationship with one another for years, and we really do love one another. I mean, we spend our lives together. And yet she now has this, you know, newfound love in Jesus Christ. The counselors are saying, you know, that uh, this isn't going to work out as long as he's not a believer. And so she had to make the decision and actually take the step to say, I really do care about you and I love you, but I've made Jesus the Lord of my life. So our relationship with one another is over. Now, was that easy? No, it wasn't. But those are the kinds of decisions, you know, even more so depending, you know, every every one of us. I mean, we got deals that we got going on in our lives and making those kinds of decisions are not easy, but they have to be made. If we're going to fulfill God's plan in our life, if we're going to experience life and life more abundant. Now, if she hadn't have done that, God only knows what ha- I don't even know if I would have got saved. You, you know, you understand where I'm coming from. So there are difficult decisions as a person of faith that we have to make. You know, when you read the Bible and it says, well, I want you to get rid of this and stop lying and don't allow anger to dominate you and some of these other different kinds of things, you know. Sometimes in that moment, it can be very, very difficult, especially if you have yielded to certain things for years within your life. Now God is asking you to partner with Him by the power of the Holy Spirit and drive the stuff out of your life. But you're the one that holds the key. So like I said, it's not really for the faint-hearted. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Praise the Lord. But I tell you what, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It brings great grace and great blessing in your life. Hallelujah. At the moment, it doesn't seem real cool. But in the end... You're going to be blessed beyond measure because you made the right kinds of choices. You know, when Peter was writing about this this, uh, uh, fact, he said that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes. This is in 1 Peter 1, 7. Now, I want you to think about this with me for a moment. He describes it this way, that your faith that's going on trial What you believe, why you believe it, what you're willing not to do, what you're willing to do. That the trial of your faith, now listen, being much more precious. What's more precious? Your faith is. It's more precious than gold that perishes. Now notice it goes on to say, uh, though it be tried with fire may be found unto praise and honor and glory, hallelujah, at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, drop down to verse 13. In all of that, we don't have time to read the whole thing, but so, so in 13, he gives us this admonition. And he says, So, or wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are just talking about some of the happenings and things going on in the world, you know, here before service time and whatnot. But, you know, I just said, you know what? You know what? We always have to bear in mind and keep in mind, listen, I'm telling you, the very, 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 very best is yet to come. I mean, indescribable best is yet to come. And that's why we don't faint, we don't lose heart, we don't quit, we don't give up. We keep living our lives victoriously in Christ Jesus for his glory. See, it says right here, hope to the end for the grace that's brought to be brought to us at the revelation of Christ. And it talks about, though your faith is being tried with fire, actually in verse 7, it may be found unto praise and honor and glory you know it gives god glory when you don't quit it gives god glory praise god you know when you don't faint huh the bible says in the book of proverbs if you faint the day of adversity your strength is what is it small well we don't want to have small strength do we but we thank god can have strong faith glory to god forevermore he makes it possible so, and here's the thing, you guys. Faith always ends up getting tested. Ah, huh? it's gonna. I mean, either the devil or maybe God, you know, uh, may prove. Maybe that's a better way. Uh, you know, like when the offering plate passes by, and the Lord says, "Hey, I want you to do a little something extra there, or I want you to, you know, whatever." You know, well, your faith goes on trial. You say, "Well, how's that?" Because God just wants to know who do you trust. Huh? I've shared it many times. I was in a meeting with Kenneth Copeland, and the Lord spoke to me about giving $150. Now, this is 40 years ago or whatever. But 40 years ago, $150 to me was a lot of money. Well, you know what? All it was was a test. What's he want you to do? Pass it. You know? So you go, you have this big old wrestling match, and thank God. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I could talk for hours about what that one act of obedience did where my wife and I's life is concerned. It changed everything, just over an offering. Hallelujah. So your your faith is going to end up getting tested. And, and then, of course, the devil, you know, when you start believing things, you know, believing God for things. We were believing God for 40000 The devil came to me and said, you don't really believe that God's going to give you $40,000, do you? And thank God I didn't, I almost tripped up, but I said, oh, no, devil. I don't think he's going to do it. I know he is. And he did. Praise God. You know, so your faith always will be tested. So here's the point. Bible faith is released by word and action. What you say, how you talk, you know. If you got a potty mouth, then things aren't going to be real good. If you got a negative mouth, things probably aren't going to be real good. If you got a cynical mouth, things probably aren't going to be really good. Now, who's, whose fault is that? Is it God's fault? No. Is it my spouse's fault? Is it my kids' fault? No, I determine, you know, the course where my life is going to take. And so I have to make some decisions. You know, now I can, I can sit and pout. You know, I can, you know, do, play the victim card. I'm the one that, you know, always gets the short end of the stick. I can do that, or I can pass it up because I am not a victim. I am a victor in Christ Jesus. And the sooner you learn that and the sooner you start believing it, the better off you're going to be because otherwise you're never going to have a good report. Faith always has a good report. Because why? Because we win. Because we're the victors, we just got done talking about the victor's crown, didn't we? We're talking about. We sang about it, amen. He's wearing it, and he's giving it to us. Thank God. So you just have to, you know, you got to start changing the way that you think. You got to be careful about who you're listening to, because a lot of times what people are saying sometimes is really not very biblical. So, Bible faith is released by word and by action, and in action is a great enemy to faith, to Bible faith. When we do nothing, guess what? Nothing happens. (laughs) huh? You know? Uh, um, I'll have you... uh, I guess I'm going to have you turn. Yeah, it says to. Uh, Go to Exodus. Let's look at an example here. Exodus. We're talking about inaction. When we don't respond to God... Uh, what that produces within our lives which is basically nothing this is a an interesting story I tell you it's uh, it's about Israel's exodus and some of the things that evolve from that now bear in mind God had ten different plagues that came into Egypt and it and and some of which were, Unbelievably devastating. But not one of those plagues came near the children of Israel. They were kept. They were, you know, protected. Now, that in and of itself ought to get your attention. And I tell you, in the world we're living in right now, you need to start believing that God's going to take care of you instead of being so afraid. Are you listening to me? God has not given you the spirit of fear. But he has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Are you listening to me? So don't go stupid, please. Makes my job more difficult. Okay, make it easy for me, will you? Hallelujah. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand. You know the Bible says that uh, evil people and seducers will wax or become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Isn't that what the Bible says? You know? So in other words, this shouldn't be really a big surprise to us. But here's the thing you need. You know, you say, well, how do I take comfort? You take comfort in the fact that God said all these things would happen. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'll take care of you. Did you hear that? But nobody can make you, you know, do that. If you want to continue to listen and be you know, driven by whatever it is that's going on in the world and take lots of Tums and, you know, chalk it up and try to figure out how you're going to make it. You can do that. Otherwise, you can stay happy. For the kingdom of God, hallelujah, It's not meat and drink, but <clears throat> by righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And, you know, I I understand that people will think that that's a foolish approach, um, unrealistic. um, There might be all kinds of ways that they describe it. But it exists nonetheless, and it is available for the child of God. You're in this world, but you're not of it. And the sooner you come to know that and understand that, praise God, the better off you'll be. And these things won't be able to get a hold of you, to latch on to you. And you can just stay free. Glory to God. Are you with me? So anyway, uh, so let's, let's look at this here. In Exodus, we're talking about inaction, not doing anything. God had showed himself incredibly strong with a high, you know, a mighty hand. He brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble amongst two and a half million people. You take and carve out a swath of two and a half million people in our culture, society, country, or any other, and I will guarantee you, you'll find infirmed folk. Are you with me? So there wasn't anyone. Woo! I tell you what, praise God, thank God for that Passover lamb, huh? Huh? Amen? So we can pay uh, Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. So there's a lot that can be said there. But notice with me, if you would, here in in, uh, chapter 14, verse uh, 8. So the the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of uh, Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Does anybody's Bible translation say something different? Huh? They went out with boldness? Huh? Defiantly. You know, so when it talks about having a high hand, you know, really, uh, you, could, you could look at it like they left with their fist raised in defiance. So they're all, they're all jazzed up, man, because I'm telling you what, God's showing himself strong. I mean, praise God. We're, we're heading out the door, and we got all your goods, and, you know, hallelujah. Well, let's read on. So, but the Egyptians, in verse 9, pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army, overtook them encamping by the sea uh, beside uh, Roth uh, before um, Zephon. How about that? Does that work? That's as close as you're going to get for me. So when Pharaoh drew nearer, now listen, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were what? They were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, unfortunately, their crying out to the Lord was not, Lord, help us, tell us what we need to do here. We're looking to you for counsel. Okay? No, no, no. Uh Uh-uh. Remember the guys that were doing this? Well, they're doing something else now. Let's listen. In verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die out here in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us? To carry us forth out into Egypt. The New International says... Why did you make us leave? Isn't that something? Why did you make us leave? We didn't make you leave. You chose to leave. You know. Isn't that li- Isn't that so much what it's like sometimes? You know, we're all excited about what God's doing. And then you know, the pr- we get put in the pressure cooker. You know, the, our faith gets test tested. It goes on trial. And now all of a sudden we've got to blame somebody. Come on now. I'm going to start singing to you if you don't shout a little bit. Praise God. It happens to all of us, you know. So why have you dealt with us this way? Now listen to 12, verse 12. Didn't we tell you, is this not the word that did we tell you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Listen, it is never better to be a slave. Not when Christ made you free. It's worth fighting for. It's worth believing for. It's it's worth trusting in. It's worth doing what it takes to enjoy the redemption that he provided. Are you with me? They're just having a little pout and match right here, right now. And um, so, verse 13, Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the deliverance or salvation of the Lord, which he is going to show you today. Hallelujah. For the Egyptians, whom you have seen today, you will never see them again anymore. You know? Now that, my friend, is a statement of faith. Huh? Came by the Spirit of God. Moses spoke it out. Now notice in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. Hallelujah. And you shall hold your peace. Glory to God. And then the Lord said to Moses, why are they cry, you crying to me? Speak to the children of Israel, huh? That they do what? Do what? Go forward. Well, there's a Red Sea in front of them, and there's the Egyptians behind them. You know, my my whole point of using this illustration is inaction is one of the greatest enemies to Bible faith when people do nothing. When they throw up their hands and say, my God, why'd you do this to me, Lord? You know, and they start blaming him or blaming the leadership or blaming somebody because, my Lord, it is not my fault that I'm in this pickle. Oh, really? Well, praise the Lord. If it's not, then let's ask the Lord what it is that we need to do. So the New Living Translation says it this way. Tell the people to get moving. Tell them to get moving. You want to have your life changed? You want things to be different? Get moving. You say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, he's waiting on you. I'll guarantee you nine times out of ten he's waiting on you. Y'all still glad you came tonight? This is, uh, I want to read it from the New Living Translation. Uh, It says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up, panicked, (laughs) when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Well, I don't believe that. I said, I don't believe that. You know, I told you that faith is not for the faint-hearted. If you want to stay a slave in the world, you can But if you want to come out and be delivered and enjoy the freedom that is in Christ Jesus, you can. Huh? It's a decision. You know, God said, you choose today who you're going to serve. You know, I've set before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. So choose life so that you and your seed can live. Hallelujah. Oh, that's so good. I tell you, I'll preach. Amen. Here's some more um, Uh, real-life practical applications of inaction. You know, the Bible tells us uh, about stewardship, you know, the things that we're entrusted with, the resources that we have, and how it is that we're to handle or treat them. The Bible instructs us. Now, a lot of folk, they have their own ideas about how that's all going to go down, and you're certainly welcome to your own idea. But yet, right on the other hand, it might be good to examine the Bible a little bit and see what it has to say about stewardship. Huh? Y'all agree? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it speaks of being a good steward of what it is that we've been given. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, I don't, I don't say anything, but I've seen Christians, they'll, they'll walk up to a counter and they'll buy a boatload of lottery tickets. To me, that is not now. If you're buying lottery tickets, just just be cool. But I'm just telling you, that does not seem like good stewardship to me, because you work for the money, and now you're going to give it to the state or whoever it is that's running this rig, and you're going to have you're more likely to get struck by lightning 40,000 times, you know, in in this period. As you are to win a lottery. It's like throwing money. If you want to throw money out the window, throw it my way. Are you with me? Thanks for your excitement. And all of you there in TV land, hope you still love me. Praise God. You know, but, um, and here's another thing. Taking, simply taking care of the things that you do have. Ah, uh, it's a piece of junk. You know, it's no good. Well, you know, if it's all you got, you know, in other words, you don't get off the horse you're riding until you got another one to get on. Huh? Case in point. My wife, we're on, we're on our way, I think, back from Tennessee. We'd been down there. We had to stop for fuel, so we go into this convenience store, um, um, and we walk in. Uh, well, she went on in, and I got the fuel, and I'm walking in. And there's a car sitting right by the front door. And um, – and there, uh, there's a, a father and daughter, as I later learned, standing there looking at this car. And I'm walking up there, and he goes, you know anything about motors? I says, well, I, I, I know a little bit. He says, get in there and push on that foot feed. It's running, okay? You know, but it, so so she gets in, and she pushes on it and revs the engine up a little bit, and all of a sudden it's going, ba 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 I go, ah, stop now, you know? He says, what's that sound like to you? Is that a bearing? And I said, well, I, I first I asked the question. I said, have you checked the oil? Okay. He says, well, I talked to her this morning, and I checked it, and there wasn't anything in it. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, "That yeah, might be your problem. I said, well, it sounds like a rod to me. You know, now many of you wouldn't even know what that is, but... Um, There's this, and and, uh, he says, is that going to be expensive? I'm thinking to myself, dude, you have no idea. (laughs) This is going to get ugly in a hurry, you know. And um, so I said, well, yes, it it, it could be very. And and I said, what I would do if I were you is I would gingerly take this someplace and have it fixed immediately, because if you don't and it lets go, it's going to be a whole lot worse. You know, so here is this father and daughter standing there with this car that's in trouble. Now, why am I using this as an example? Because, unfortunately, there was neglect or negligence, if you want to, I mean, however you want to describe it. And now all of a sudden, they're probably going to end up, She is probably going to end up having to pay a bill that she maybe doesn't even have the money for. So my point is, is that, you know, when we're given things, we're entrusted to stuff, there's responsibilities and you have to take care of it. You know, the thing is, is a lot of folk, you know, they'll look at people and they'll say, well, they got everything. Well, you know, they didn't just, that just didn't fall on top of them. Whatever it is that they had that they were entrusted with, they took responsibility to care for and, and probably grew it into something more than what it is now. Mine in the right house. So so the thing is, is that, you know, you have to take care of what you have. I've gotten in people's cars that we had to clear a path before I could get in. Now, do I care? No. Am I accusing them of being hoarders? No. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean... it's just kind of a simple thing, you know, to maybe, maybe clean the car out when you get out. So the next time somebody wants to get in, they can. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go any further there. We're talking about inaction, not doing, you'll probably all go home tonight, just go get the, you know, your your garbage can there in the garage, and pull it up there and start pitching it. Yep. It'll be amazing, yeah. you know, all that stuff on the day should be able to see out better. Yeah. <laughs> I know It's like wow, new car, you know. <laughs> and if you really want to get fired up, go get the vacuum sweeper. <laughs> You know, my wife, bless her heart, man, we're getting ready for this trip to go to Tennessee. She gets out there and gets this car spotless, and it's looking fine. And we go down there, and it rains every day that we're down there. And I got these boots on and all that, and I'm dragging this stuff into her car. And it kind of made a mess out of it, didn't I? I can vacuum when I get home? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so... Okay, Bill, I'm going to give you this long. Yeah, I went to uh, Bible study at church one time, and before we left, I was sitting in the living room, and I told Mary, look at this junk. All our furniture is junk. It's all dinged up. Nothing matches. We had, uh, Are you sure you want to keep telling this uh, this testimony? It had, uh, we had duct tape holding legs on, and I was just real disgusted with the furniture we had. Uh, we I sat in a Bible class, and they were in the book of Exodus, and they were talking about one thing totally different, but my eyes just kind of moved across the page to the next column. Thing. It said, consider not your furniture, for all the land of Egypt is yours. It was great. <laughs> I never forgot that. <laughs> so did we get rid of it and start over? Oh, eventually. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, I, I, and the thing about it is, you guys, I mean, you know, you got to work with what you got. But make the best out of what it is that you have, you know. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a you know, we talk to these people. We have some apartments, you know, and when it comes to uh, the carpets and things like that, you know, we want to make sure that they get cleaned regularly because the people that we talk to, the worst enemy of a carpet is dirt. Because dirt is like a, like grit. It's like a knife. It cuts the fabric in the carpet and it ruins it, you know? And that's true in a car or whatever it is, you know? So, uh, you just, well, whatever. I don't even know how we got off on this. Praise God. We're talking about inaction. How's that, you know, how's that work? We're talking about stewardship. I think you can use this in any quality time with your kids. The Bible says, if you'll train up your child in the way he should go when he's old, he'll not depart from It, it, you have to take time for your kids to get into their life and let them get in yours. And we're so busy. And so we say, well, we don't have time. Well, if you don't take care of it, as you know, then you're going to end up with a result that you don't want to have. That's all there is to that. Because no action is, is being taken. You, know, you with me? I mean, I've shared this before, but my oldest son, Brian, I've wanted him to do stuff with me before. I'm looking for a friend to go do something with. I mean, you know, and uh, guy stuff, you know. He says, well, Dad, I'd love to, but I can't. And it's because I got this I'm doing with my kids or I'm doing this with my kids. And I admire him, you know, for doing that. And um, because you, you end up with good kids. Investing in your marriage. A lot of folks, you know, they got ho-hum kind of things going on within the uh, married relationship because there's no action. There's inaction. Well, you know, she does her thing, I do mine. That's not the way that God designed that. Are you with me? So, just some examples. Uh, Talking about inaction. um, You know, remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? I I guess what I'm going to tell you is, is God has an expectation for you to do something Okay. It is that third component to what we call faith. When, they, when he decided that, you know, the disciples said, you need to turn this, this crew loose, man. It's getting late. We're out here in the nard boons, and we got nothing to feed them. And, and Jesus turns to them and says, you take care of it. You feed them. You give them something. They go, dude, there's a kid over here with five loaves and two fishes. What's that amongst so many? He says, have them sit down. So he, he, he did a, made a teachable moment out of it, performed a miracle, and fed the whole crew. But my point to that is, is he said, you feed them. See, so much time in our lives, we look at stuff and we go, well, I can't do that. Well, you might be surprised what you could do with faith in God. Are you with me? But they, you know, they, they did what needed. Ten lepers, you remember when, when uh, they, they came and pledged to Jesus? And uh, and he said, "Go show yourself to the priest, make the offering that's due." And they're still lepers. And so the Bible says, "As they went, they were healed." See, things change when we move. God moves when we move. And you remember, there was only one a Samaritan that came back to give God or to give him to worship him and thank him. And he says, "Weren't there ten? They got healed." So. But the thing is, as they went, another example is the four lepers in the Old Testament, 2 Kings. They said, why are we sitting here until we die? But that's what happens to a lot of folk. You know, God's forsaken me. He doesn't love me. You know, all these different kinds of things, and they park. Why why are we sitting here until we die, man? Let's go into the city. At least we got a chance. And they, sure enough, lived, didn't they? Because they did something. So there's those kinds of examples. You remember I told the story about selling sighting? My wife and I are about to starve to death, made $12.50 the first month we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, going to Bible school. Guess what? $12.50 does not go very far. So I'm praying. That'll make you pray. When you got no money, you'll pray. Guess what? You can pray with that when you do have money, too. But anyway, I'm praying. And finally, the Lord speaks to me, and He says, You sell the siding. We're talking about inaction. And because of my thinking, I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm just the siding peddler. I just go around and solicit, you know, people's interests, and I give that to the salesperson, and they do that. I don't do that. They do that. I can't do that. And my wife and I suffered the whole year. I made 406 bucks a month and thank God for Avon because otherwise we really would have starved. And there was a group of people uh, in trainer from where we originally lived that support us on a monthly basis and they kept us alive. I tell you, the first of the month we were going to that mailbox, baby, because <laughs> we needed money. But then, you know, a year or two later, I go to an alumni banquet sitting across a guy who used to be in the mafia down in Florida, fighting the Cubans. And he's telling me, I said, what'd you do? He says, well, I sold signing. I said, really? I used to be in the signing business. He goes, oh, yeah, God really blessed us. We made four or $5,000 a month. Did you hear me? He said, a month. I made 400 He made $4,000. do not ever say you can't. When God says, sell the sighting, sell the sighting. You know, it talks about Israel limiting the Holy One of Israel. I limited God. And I could have done that, man. I tell you what, I could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo. I might have to work on it a little bit, but I can make it happen. Are you listening to me? So you can do it. Praise God. Everybody say, I can do it. What are some of the causes for inaction? Anybody uh, want to venture a guess? What are some of the reasons why we don't act? Lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. What else? Fear. Fear. Laziness. Laziness. Oh, Bill. Bam. Kapow. Okay. Woo! A striking a chord. Okay. What else? Anything? Lack of resources. Fear. fear. We got fear. Lack of resource you mentioned. But the thing about it is you probably have more than what you realize. My time. Huh? My time. My time. About blaming others. You know, we don't do anything because somebody else's fault. We're the victim's. You know, that is so prevalent today. How about, well, like in the example I gave, you're told, at least in your thought life, you can't do that. You're too old. You're too young. You're too this. You're too that. You're too whatever. These are the things that cause us to not act. You know, have you ever heard these stories where people, they They sell everything they have, man, and they go to God only knows where to do something. And you think to yourself, are you out of your mind? Well, maybe. (laughs) But on the other hand, maybe that's not a bad idea. I mean, if in fact, that's something that they had a dream to do or whatever the case might be. They didn't stay. They took off. Are you with me? I'm not suggesting you do anything weird, but you understand that. Okay? So – But the things that we do are the credentials of our faith. You know, just like you're being here tonight, is a representation of what you believe. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have faith, right? You wouldn't be here to worship the Lord. Paul, or James said that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So if true faith exists, it's always going to produce works of faith. There's something that's going to happen as a result of that. So I want to encourage you, you know, if there's something you've had in your heart, something you wanted to do, and maybe you gotta you got to take a little bit and and examine what the roadblock is and say, you know what, I think it's time to knock this thing down and start moving in a direction. Amen. You know, I mean, uh, maybe it's, you know, you need, there, there needs to be a new reiteration of who you are and what you're about, what you're going to do. And uh, you don't have to sit around and say, well, I'm too old or I can't do this or whatever. You'd be surprised what you can do. Some of the greatest things that people have done has been done in the latter years of their life. huh? So for those of you that are older, there you go. And for those of you that are younger, you don't have to listen to the world and say, well, you don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have the other. There are a lot of things, praise God, you can do. There were two brothers that had a hamburger joint. You know, and they were doing really good. But along comes this, this, this salesman that sells uh, machines that make, you know, ice cream shakes. And the guy's name is, uh, last name is Crock, And he buys these guys out and he franchises the thing called McDonald's. And there's like 28 gazillion of them all over in the world. Are you with me? So there's all kinds of opportunities that are available. I mean, look, drive around. And look, look on all the, the, the buildings and places of business and stuff. What's the, what's the sign say? Hiring. 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 Please hire a, you know, come and work. Don't be like the world sitting around on a gravy train. Listen, I'm telling you, this gravy train thing is coming to an end. You know? So don't be caught in that whole thing. Make up for yourself. And God will bless the work of your hand. Amen. Let's stand up, shall we? Woo! Glory to God! I preach myself happy again. You know, if it were open, I'd take you all to bombgars and buy you an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> praise God. Now, for some of you, that would be out of your way. But, you know, praise God. I might have to work something out sometime on that. Amen. Let's bow our heads and commit our our hearts to this here tonight. Father, uh, we're so thankful for what it is that you made available to us. Because when Jesus came, praise God, he set the captives free. And we thank you for the liberty and the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, that we're no longer bound by sin and death. Glory to God, that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and that Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundant. So, Father, for whatever care, worry, anxiety, discouragement, or despair that might be knocking on the door of our lives tonight, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over it, command it to cease and desist in Jesus' name. We take authority over fear, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God, I thank you tonight for your divine peace that passes all understanding, that keeps our hearts and minds provides us hope, glory to God, and gives us a reason for living. Thank you, Lord, because Jesus is coming again. And Father, if nothing else, we prepare ourselves for his coming. And so we thank you, Father God, for helping us to have our lights, (laughs) our, our lamps trimmed, our lights burning. Glory to God, waiting for his arrival. And I thank you, Father God, for the Spirit of God to speak to men and women here tonight. Father God, to be able to replace whatever it is that is a deficiency with that which is meant for them in fulfillment and meaningfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing tonight. Yes, 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 yes. Let's just worship him for a moment. Praise God, we're so thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing in our lives. Glory to God. We rejoice in you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the lives that you've given us. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, those that might be watching by internet, pray for them too, Father, that they may be encouraged tonight. Father God, by what it is that you have promised them. You said, Father, in your word that you would supply their every need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we just want to thank you tonight, Father God, for your provision. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for making a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. You said in your word, the people that do know you, Father God, shall be strong and do exploits. And so we thank you tonight so much that we know you. Thank you for your blessing, Father. Hallelujah. We pray for our children. We lift them up before you, Father. May they be strengthened with might by your Spirit in their inner man. Thank you, Lord, for sending labors into their paths to arrest them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Cause them, Father God, to return and to be faithful and committed, Father, to you. We thank you, Lord, for speaking through men and women. Yes, that which is born of the Spirit of God to bring conviction and repentance, and Father, a turning around. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in their lives, your grace extended to them. Father, we come against the spirit of deception in the lives of our children in the name of Jesus Christ, and we break your power right now in Jesus' name. We command you to cease and desist In your maneuver against them, we thank you, Father, for opening up the eyes of their understanding. Enlighten their minds, their hearts to the truth, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for keeping them and causing them, Father God, not to be swallowed up by this world in which we live. We Thank you for your blessing, Father, tonight in their lives. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.